United Healthcare reported a data breach last week. Apparently, a hacker used credential stuffing to break into some member portals back in February. United figured this out sometime in April, and they responded by forcing password resets and giving affected members two years of identity theft protection services. That leaves a lot of questions, though, like what is credential stuffing? Why did it take so long to discover? Should members be concerned? And what about those who've recently had an abortion or gender-affirming care? And did United actually fix the problem? Hi, everyone. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group and host of the Health Biz Podcast, a weekly show where I almost always interview healthcare leaders about their lives and careers. But very rarely, like today, I do a solo show. If you enjoyed this episode, please press that like button and subscribe on your favorite service. The first question is, what happened? Well, user information was disclosed on the mobile app sometime in February. And the information included things like name, member ID, birthday, address, and of course, claim information. Now, these are all the sort of things that you would expect to find on the portal. So there may be other information as well. I don't have a United portal, so I'm not exactly sure what else might be in there. United says that credential stuffing may have been used. So we don't really know how many people were affected. And I only heard about this through uh, a TV story that they did. So that's more or less what happened. Well, what is credential stuffing? It sounds dangerous. It's basically about guessing usernames and passwords to log in. The idea is to stuff the portal full of these usernames and passwords in order to find uh, a lucky guess and to find your way on there. Now, why do they actually have this information in the first place that it could be successful and not just random? It could have been from another uh, data breach that occurred. Now, let's say if you've got a password and it was on some site that was hacked, let's say like Netflix or Uber, if you're using the same username and password there, or just even the same password and email address, they may be able to use that same information to log on without actually hacking the system. That's credential stuffing. Now, people also tend to be fairly predictable in what they do. So if my password was David Williams 1, I might change it to David Williams 2 or something similar. Machine learning can very easily figure that out. So even if they don't have your exact password, they still may be able to stuff it with something else. And of course, this is why you're not supposed to reuse passwords, in case you were wondering. It doesn't mean that United systems were hacked. It means some other systems could have been hacked, including something you didn't even know about or forgot about. So that's credential stuffing. Why did United report the data breach? Well, it's actually not clear that they did. I searched around on their website, and at least as of uh, Sunday, April 30th, there is nothing on the website about the data breach. Uh, sounds like they sent letters to affected members and probably the TV station picked up on it from there. Maybe it was required by a state law, depending on uh, where, they, where these members were. Uh, they could have been required by a state law or by some contractual agreement uh, to send out information about this, and that's probably how the TV station found out about it. Why is this gap in reporting? You know, it was back in February, apparently, that this occurred, but it was only around April 10th uh, that United figured it out. First of all, there's a lot of fog at big companies. They have millions and millions of members at United, and it may not have been obvious that anything was happening. This actually isn't unusually slow. You saw some breaches, for example, at Yahoo that took years in order to discover, and there's no guarantee that all breaches are actually uh, are discovered in the first place. It's possible some go completely undetected. And also, we can't 
uh, omit the possibility that the hackers might have taken some steps in order to avoid detection. Well, what do I mean? So you know that a lot of websites will only let you try a few times to log in before they lock you out. So they could have done it slowly. They could have limited it to a couple of guesses per individual member that they were trying to get in. And United Systems might not have picked that up depending on how they were set up. So were United's own systems breached? What I mentioned before is that with credential stuffing, it's just the usernames and passwords of a member. It doesn't mean that United Systems uh, were, were breached. The announcement certainly implied that they weren't breached. However, uh, most people who work for insurance companies have their insurance through that same company. And it's possible that some of these members that were breached could have been employees, maybe even account administrators. And if that's the case, and especially if they use similar credentials on their internal accounts, uh, United Systems could have been breached. United might not even know. That's the nature of this. So should members be concerned? Well, there's so many data breaches out there that it's easy just to yawn and say, well, this is just one more. What information do they have that they didn't already have? And what can I do about it anyway? And I would agree. There's no particular reason to panic in this case. Uh, the LifeLock subscription is probably reasonably effective against identity theft, at least for a couple of years. But the hackers don't necessarily have to give the information back uh, after that. So that would be a concern. But it really depends on what information you have there uh, on that portal. So here's some things that I would worry about from claims. And I'll have to say that a lot of them have to do with women's health, pregnancy. That's going to be information that's in a claim, either directly or it's going to be implied. How about abortion? How about fertility treatment? How about contraception? These are all things that uh, people might want to get some information about and you might not want to have disclosed. Gender-affirming care, topics that are in the news now. And of course, things like sexually transmitted disease or mental health. So these are all things that are likely to be in the claims information uh, one way or another. I know I wouldn't want that information uh, disclosed about myself or about uh, a member of my family or anybody. So why would a hacker even bother uh, to go through the trouble of getting into some uh, member portal sites? Well, identity theft, uh, that would be a common one. They look to get your identity, to get a new credit card, to borrow money, uh, to impersonate you. Misuse of insurance benefits. Somebody uh, might be able to use the United uh, insurance benefits uh, in order to get treatment for themselves, or it could be fraud on behalf of a provider. Maybe they want to use it to break into corporate systems. This was my comment before about uh, whether some of these members might also be employees and making United look bad. Or how about this one? Collecting a bounty from someone who aids and abets an abortion. Uh, in some places like Texas, uh, that could actually be an economic uh, motivation and certainly um, a motivation for ideological reasons as well. So what's the solution here? Well, it's pretty clear usernames and passwords are not a great system. I think uh, it's one thing when you had your you know, one or two passwords, but now there's so many, it's hard to keep track of them. And you can see that they get, they get breached uh, because not every site is able to uh, prevent hackers from getting them. The two-factor authentication over SMS, that's when they send you a text message, uh, when you log on, that's okay, but that's kind of useless um, if your phone actually gets gets spoofed and somebody has, um, let's say, done a SIM swap and has control of your of your phone number. Things a little bit better are authenticator apps. The, those are offered by folks like Microsoft, Google. There's some independent ones like Authy. Password managers, at least that allows you to use uh, 
uh, unique usernames and unique passwords and complicated passwords, uh, at least uh, some that we like are uh, one password and uh, dash lane. Also, it's important that companies don't collect and, and don't keep, especially uh, information that they don't need. This is the basis in Europe for GDPR and for some emerging state privacy laws here in the US, which five states already have such laws uh, that actually minimize, focus on minimizing the information that is collected by uh, companies like United and others, because information that they don't have can't be breached. As an example of that, uh, here I was looking at filling out just today, actually, an insurance enrollment form for dental insurance. Uh, fortunately, my wife's employer provides dental insurance and, and we're signing up for it. Look at some of the information that they're collecting here, though. Her social security number and date of birth, her home phone, cell phone number, email, and also that same information, at least names and date of birth for all of the dependents, myself and our kids. Now, saying what I was saying before about things like two-factor authentication, uh, there's a lot of information here that you could use. So your social security number, clearly, cell phone, that's where they're going to be sending the information in the first place, your email information, home phone, and so on. Now, maybe this information is actually needed in order to uh, process the dental uh, insurance benefits, and, and clearly I want to have those benefits, uh, but the company should really think hard about whether they need that. It's unclear, for example, why they actually need the social security number or date of birth uh, of my wife, considering that they should be able to get that directly from, they should be able to get the information on her employment directly from uh, her employer. A lot of these things are just put out there. I always try to resist giving my social security number out in particular uh, to healthcare uh, providers because I know they can't keep hold of it and they don't need it and probably aren't even allowed to have it. So that's it uh, for this discussion about the United data breach. I hope that you found this interesting and that uh, you weren't affected by the data breach and that if you were, uh, that you won't actually have as much trouble as you possibly could. But this raises some awareness and I hope that you'll be able to take some steps that you can take on your own to protect your privacy and security. And you'll encourage companies and organizations that you do business with to mend their ways as well. Well, that's it for yet another episode of the Health Biz Podcast. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group, if you like what you saw or heard, please press that like button and also subscribe on your favorite service. You've been listening to the Health Biz Podcast with me, David Williams, president of Health Business Group. I conduct in-depth interviews with leaders in healthcare business and policy. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite service. While you're at it, go ahead and subscribe on your second and third favorite services as well. There's more good stuff to come and you won't want to miss an episode. If your organization is seeking strategy consulting services in healthcare, check out our website, healthbusinessgroup.com.